Hey guys, so as you may have heard, we are currently in a global pandemic. As everybody does their part, we at Messy Modern Ministry would also like to do our part. Therefore, all of our episodes currently are being recorded remotely through Zoom. And so we would like to apologize for any audio that is not yet up to our standard that we want it to be and that it will eventually be. Nevertheless, we hope you guys enjoy the episode and we're going to get right into it. Welcome to Messy Modern Ministry, a resource where we equip leaders to navigate the ups and downs of ministry in our modern world. My name is Kristen. And I'm Joe. And we are so excited to have you join us today. On this episode, Leslie Page of Christ Church in Port Jeff Station. She has been in ministry, her and her husband, for 40 out of 41 years of marriage. She has four children and has also been a Bible teacher for 18 years at the Stony Brook School on Long Island, New York. So, Leslie, welcome to the show, and we are so happy to have you. Thank you, Joe. So, I personally am so excited to have Leslie on the show. I have to admit, calling her Leslie for me is weird because I was actually one of her students in her Bible class, so to me, she will always be Mrs. Page. I was just telling Joe, Mrs. Page, she taught me how to back dive. Like, she made me bold. <laughs> Joe, there wasn't an option for this middle school fitness and games group. We would back dive. They were going to, you know, they were so afraid of hitting the wall. We had such a good time. And I'm just really excited for everybody to hear what you have to say today. If you would like to just go into your experience, 40 years, I mean, that's absolutely incredible. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I almost want to sing the song, where do I begin? You know, uh, 1978, Pastor Randy and I got married. We were at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, finishing up some degree work and then came home. Uh, we went to seminary in Manhattan. And then in 1980, Pastor Randy took the associate position at Port Washington Church. Uh, we were there for five years and then moved out here. We've been out here 35 years of our 40 years of ministry. When I was young, I grew up in the church. And so when I found out that Randy was called to the ministry, I was really, really, really excited. Went to our youth pastor and his wife, and she immediately said, you don't want to be a pastor's wife. And I remember saying to her, yes, I do. And she said, no, you, no, you don't. Trust me, you don't. And I said, no, yes, I do. So my first words spoken to me were actually negative. Uh, I don't know really her experience. She didn't share it. She just looked terrified that I was going to be yoked with the past, a pastor and then I would be a pastor's wife. And she actually um, didn't deter me because I couldn't understand why she had a negative uh, spirit about it. So being a pastor's wife for me was so awesome because I love the church of Jesus Christ. I do believe that there are many who do not love the church. Christ gave himself up for her in all of her beauty and all of her glory. But I do believe there are many people pastoring churches who don't love the church, don't love the body of Christ. That has never, never, ever been something that we struggled with. Uh, my husband is a phenomenal pastor. I watch him go distances. I'm a little bit different, and Kristen will tell you. It says, you know, if somebody smacks you on the one cheek, turn and give him the other cheek. My husband will give him the other cheek, and then the other cheek will be turned, and the other you You hit me, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> my nature is to say, what part of that don't you understand? That's wrong. So ministry for us has been awesome because our giftings, my husband's a very gentle shepherd, a very passionate and compassionate man of God. I, on the other hand, am a bull in a china shop. Um, anybody that meets me knows that. I have a passion for life. I have a passion for justice. 
I have a black and white personality. I have no gray in between. Um, I don't understand certain things. What part of no, don't you get, I used to say to my kids, the N or the O. I, I don't understand disorder. So together, thy rod and thy staff, they'll comfort me. Together in ministry, we have seen this over and over again. Pastor Randy has such a, a gentle staff and I have a rod um, and I have to temper myself. And sometimes he needs to be pushed to hurt a little bit different. And I need to be pulled back to just give the believers room. So the 40 years of ministry have been very, very, very uh, challenging, but awesome. We're now in a rhythm, a beautiful, beautiful rhythm of ministry where we can just flow. And we, we do, we do it really well, I think. Um, but again, we have strong boundaries in the home. Wow, that's awesome. So it sounds like you guys nicely balance each other out. <laughs> you raised this many kids and, and you've been through so much. Um, we've been through a lot. We've watched the World Trade Centers come down. We ministered to people with the World Trade Centers. We ministered to a lot of people with cancer, loss of children. Our congregation has a cancer care ministry. So it, it seems as though the Lord has placed us to minister to people in the depth of their pain. That's who we are. Yeah, I feel like so many people don't actually understand the literal sweat and tears that are behind ministry sometimes. And walking through those hard situations with your congregation is, is challenging and really tiring sometimes. So how have you been able to manage carrying such a, a heavy burden, but also raising four children and finding that balance? We raised four sons. And we live on the church grounds. We don't own our own home. So when the church alarm goes off and who's running over there is Pastor Randy, you know, and, and if that happens while we're in the middle of a family dinner, it's dad's got to go over or somebody knocks on the door and that balance has guard the kids, you know, and, and it's interesting because my oldest one's in, in the pastoral ministry. All my kids love the Lord. Walk in different walks, diff very different walks, but never confining a child to thinking they have to go into ministry because I, the oldest one's a pastor. He just gave up the pastorate and is homeschooling his kids. My second is a military major at the Pentagon. Josh is a film major, but he's working at Lowe's. Luke just got married. He's a woodworker, filmmaker, uh, a musician. So it's like, you can't corner your child. So, and a lot of people think, you know, you have to, you have to, your child has to be the worship leader. Your child has to be the youth director. No, that's not the, the direction we went. I actually chose to put Christ first and, and then my marriage and my children uh, over the church. So the church had to take a back seat when I was ministering to my children. When I was taking care of my boys, that was it. I didn't go back to work until 2001. So Luke, our last born, was nine when I went back to the Stony Brook School part-time. Prior to that, I was in the church teaching Bible studies to women as I could. So I would do a Wednesday night Bible study with a prayer. But other than that, I was fully, fully available. I do believe that the Lord gave us these four men. They're now men. They range from 38 to 27 for me to raise them as godly men and then to release them to the wives that they would have. And we have seen this with three out of four married and it's, it's magnificent to look back on it. I, I know I can stand before the Lord, the Lord and say, Lord, I, I did what you asked me to do, and I have absolutely no regrets. 
So what the ministry, the hard part of the ministry early on was carried by my husband. I was there when, uh, when people died. I count that as a privilege when they have an opportunity to see them to home to heaven. So I would make sure I was there for that. But other than that, if I could not be in an after church social, I didn't go. If it meant I had to be home. Um, if it, it meant extending myself uh, beyond, I, I didn't do it. Pastors, wives, women who are balancing families, listen to this very, very carefully. Know who you are. For me, I couldn't understand something was happening to me as a lot was being put on my plate. I would sit in the pew at the church and I could feel the service ending and all I wanted to do was go home and not greet people afterwards. Well, that's not usually the best thing to do, but that's what I wanted to do. I just found myself constantly wanting to, to go home right at the last, the last song. So I had to push myself. It took about six months for me to understand what was going on. What was going on is I am deeply, deeply relational. I love relating to individuals. So in other words, Chris and I would spend two hours with you and be awesome, but not two hours with you and three others. I can't do it. It's too much for me. So because I'm deeply relational, I would sit in the pew, the last song, and become anxious because it was almost as though women just needed to talk to me and they would congregate where I was sitting. And as I was trying to focus on the one in front of me, I was seeing the one behind them and the one behind them. And, and I was becoming anxious because I don't like giving five minutes to you and five minutes to you and five minutes to you. And it's not my nature. So I had to identify what was going on in me and gave myself permission when I needed to, to slip out of church during the last song and go home. I, I would just say to them, I'll call you, let's make an appointment. And then I would follow up with that person and make an appointment and have quality time with them. If I didn't recognize the division that was going on in my own soul and heart, I was going to bury myself. So I was, I was able to do that really early on. I, kinda, I grew up by myself. I grew up with an alcoholic mom so who was present but absent a lot of times so i had to feel my way through life by myself and because of that i became much stronger in the lord because it was just he and i that was from childhood so i've always gone to the lord and says what's what is going on in my heart something's not right there's a trigger going on in my heart and i can't figure out where i'm frustrated or where i'm impatient or where i'm angry what is going on it was almost always a bad boundary in my own life. That's a, a lot of wisdom. Thank you for sharing that. Because I think for people in ministry, if they don't target that specific area, for you, you are a quality time person, you couldn't spread yourself so thin. But if people can't recognize that area, you might have people who end up with the conclusion of, well, I'm just not fit for ministry. Or maybe I just shouldn't be in this role, in this position, I just don't enjoy it. Maybe I'm not called to this. And what you're saying is that's not necessarily the case. Don't wrongly diagnose the issue. Exactly right. Don't, don't, you just need to know who you are in the confines of this, of a ministry. We have a very, very extensive ministry, not necessarily a Sunday morning, more than 120 people, but we have soup kitchens and women's ministries and men's ministries and kids ministries and outreach and cancer ministries and, and Alzheimer's ministries. And unless I know 
uh, fully what I can be involved in for the season. Because remember, seasons change. See, this season's different than it was 10 years ago. Right. I think it's really important to know your season. What, is your, what season are you in? Before we had children, we were married three and a half years before we had kids. It was a different season. And then you have children. You're in the, you're in the season of children. But even those seasons are different because one's in college and one's in elementary school. But that motherhood season for me was, was long and wonderful. And then so the church, what I could give the church was my presence on Sundays, my prayers, which I always do, worship, and um, Bible studies as I could. And now this season, I'm fully, fully yoked with my husband in ministry almost as probably 30 hours this a week during this season. So you talked about how the first word that you received was a negative one. And we understand the importance of people speaking positively into your life. What would you say is the best way to cope with people who are speaking negatively into your life? Because as a pastor's wife or co-pastoring a church with your husband, I feel like a lot is expected of you where you're expected to be at all of these things. And people may be bold and tell you that. And how do you, how do you deal with that? I did not let them do that from the get go. Okay. Um, I am a water skier. I am a water rat. I love everything about the water. And this is important to know about me. So my root on how I see myself as a woman, I see myself as an athlete. So even I'm, I'm right now in Adidas gear. Okay. That's where I'm comfortable. So I never wore the high heels because they bothered my ankles. I never wore the dresses necessarily. I wore very nice pants and I don't worry about people's opinions of me. For some reason, as I was growing up, that did not affect me. And so if I, I chose what was right for my family and you didn't like it, it wasn't my problem. And so early on, I just knew this is not mine. This is someone else's. The negative word that was spoken, you don't want to be a pastor's wife, didn't even stick on me because I love the church so much. I really felt bad. I couldn't understand. I, I actually could see through her eyes, there must be some pain in her that's causing her to say that rather than something in me that she's trying to warn me about. So it never affected me or stuck onto me. I have a very funny story of our second son who's 35 uh, escaping Sunday school. <laughs> whole side of the church is looking out one side of the window and they're laughing, but Pastor Randy was talking about like sin and salvation and turning from sin. It was a heavy message. And I'm looking, why are they looking outside? And I look outside and there's our son, Mark. Because we live so close to the, to the church, he uh, told his third grade Sunday school teacher that he had to go to the bathroom. This was the days where they let you out by yourself. He went home changed into his red Superman underwear, decided to finger paint his entire body red, went around the side of the church, you know where we live, and sat in a tree and was waving to the whole congregation. <laughs> if you are so bent on, this is what it all looks like for your family, you're going to die in ministry. You're not going to be able to make it. You have to give up the, the facade. Yeah, I feel like that tends to be most of the time when somebody speaks a negative word that there's something else going on in their life or they've had some sort of experience that has caused them to have a certain viewpoint. And, and hey, let me let me tell you something. There are experiences in ministry that come 
And if I let my flesh out of the bag, she's not going to be pretty and it's not going to be edifying and it's going to hurt people. So instead I have to go to the Lord because whether we like it or not, we, those in ministry, we represent Christ before the body of Christ. So if I am impatient and you see all my impatience flailing around, I don't, my family too, I represent Christ before my family. So we were very cognizant of not giving a reflection, a bad reflection of Christ. Look at Moses. He struck the rock twice, right? He was so angry at the Israelites. God said, speak to the rock. It was the end of his ministry. It was 40 years. I do hold that before me. And I said, Lord, I don't want to be like Moses striking the rock when you said, speak to the rock because I stopped listening to you. So what Pastor Randy and I have done all of these years is we have had our time together in prayer, but we spend a lot of time apart with the Lord. And what's really beautiful in marriage is as you do that, then the Lord shows you the direction that you're going separately, and yet it's the same direction. So you come together. He just told me that. It's like, that's so exciting. So we, we delight ourselves in the Lord because of that, that freedom to give each other space. That's awesome. So I know you touched that in a little bit, that you and Pastor Randy, you pray together. You also pray separately. What are some of the practices that you guys adopted early on? Seek the Lord. I mean, just love the Lord with all of your heart. Give each other room to breathe. Give each other. Um, we're, you know, we're very, very different people, Pastor Randy and I, and yet we complete each other. We're so uniquely different. It's really, and the church really thinks it's comical sometimes. So I'll wake up with an idea or he'll wake up with an idea, but we have to give each other space in the morning. I need space in the morning. And then I need space in the evening. And as long as you do not invade each other's spaces too quickly, you know, in the beginning of your marriage, that's, that's really not an issue. You're so excited to invade each other's spaces. Then you have one child, then you have two children, then you have three children, then you get the glare when you, you know, when you invade the space, then the glare comes. Again, it's your season. Early marriages in ministry, just put your boundaries up. It's Christ first and then the couple, then the church, ministry. It's do not get that out of order. That balance is so crucial, so crucial. It is a hard balance for some people to find. Sometimes I do think when you are leading a church, there is a level of keeping appearances that I think happens. Well, I think it's important not to share, you know, the... You know, you have a child and you can remember a memory when of our, one of our sons just wanted his way and total rebellion, total fighting against mom and dad. And you just don't share those things. Those are just things you walk through with your child, for the dignity of your child, really, to protect your teenager who's really just bucking against the goad right now. Um, I have to say, I think if you interviewed all four of our sons, they wouldn't say they ever resent the ministry. I don't think that they would. They're really fun. We don't expect them to go, um, you know, when they go to college and come back, you want to go to church, you go to church. You don't want to go to church, you don't have to go to church. Luke and Praise, his wife, are pioneering something called the remnant in our church. And it's a very different service with another couple that they're doing. And they were doing it twice a month until COVID hit. But um, it's a very different service and I love it. But I'm not expected to go there. And they're not expected to go to our church. And so... 
<laughs> crucify your expectations of one another and of, of each other in the body of Christ. And I learned this early on. I went to a pastor's wife's confer- conference in Sandy Cove, Maryland. And I remember the person saying the greatest slip up in your life is going to be when you have an expectation of someone or someone has an expectation of you and you can't meet it. You're going to fall short or they're going to fall short in your eyes. And therein lies the problem. So I really tell the church, please don't expect anything of me, but expect everything from me. It's an oxymoron, right? If I could challenge the body of Christ to walk the walk of Christ in all things, compassion, love, mercy, kindness, gentleness. I mean, we're in the middle of COVID-19 and I'm in the middle of Acts to do a training on evangelism with such a peace in my soul because I know that God has arrested, and that's the word I keep hearing, he's arrested mankind individually. There is nowhere to go, right? So in that too, as a young couple, as you get married, let, let the Lord arrest your soul. Kristen, Joe, Joe should be known in the gates, as it says in the, in the scriptures. In other words, when they say, when they see him go by, they're gonna say, hey, that's Joe, that's Kristen's husband. Look at that man. You gotta protect him. I protect Pastor Randy. I don't talk about struggles with his external, external family or other stuff. I don't talk about that. I protect him. He's known in the gates. There's Pastor Randy. There's that man of God. So I don't share his weaknesses, and he doesn't expose mine either. Very important. Because right. we have them. We have them. We're human. So protect the weaknesses. Protect each other's vulnerable places. That's the, the weaknesses, right? Love unconditionally with no expectations and serve, serve each other. So we have, to, we have to encourage one another and take care of each other that way. That's good. Thank you so much for being on the show. I just avoided saying your name because <laughs> this is Leslie Page for me, Mrs. Page, but I'm just so happy to talk to you and have you on the show. And you just have so much wisdom and you've just poured into my life so much. I was just thinking about being in your class and just how you were able to make the Bible come alive. And I honestly don't know that I had heard it spoken about in that way before. And so I just personally thank you so much. Thank you for being on the show. And we are definitely going to have you on again. Yeah, if you guys would like to connect with Christ Church or Leslie Page or her husband, you can find them at CCPJS on their socials or Christ Church PJS on Facebook or YouTube. Thanks, Leslie. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe. Also, we would love to hear from you. So down below, you can leave us a review or a comment. Yeah, and you can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Messy Modern Ministry for any teasers or updates on future episodes. Have a great day, guys. Bye. <laughs>